Okay, so here we start. Now, this is a question about okay about concubines. Okay, concubines. Um, so the question is: Is keeping a concubine? What's a concubine? Not porcupine. <laughs> All right, this is not a porcupine that you came up It's a concubine. All right, so. Not, not porcupine. Is keeping a concubine, adultery in the Old Testament. Okay, is it an adultery in the Old Testament? So you would guess a concubine is someone who is not your wife. Alright, it's another woman. Um, so concubine. So first of all, so the question is, is it an adultery? Is it adultery in the Old Testament? Okay, so now let's try and understand the concubine concept first. Okay, the concept of concubine. Now, concubinage was practiced in many ancient cultures, especially in the Mesopotamia area. Okay, so in other words, a man um, having a wife and then having additional uh, wives, it's something that is often practiced in ancient cultures. Please note it's called ancient cultures. They're culture. Okay, so where are... Uh, um, so I took some of these quotes where uh, a private citizen may have one or two concubines. Ooh. So it's not just one. They can have multiple concubines. Okay, it's a culture. And in, in, in addition to his primary wife. Okay, so you have primary wife and many concubines. Now, how do these concubines um, end up in these people's life? Some of them are slaves or part of war. So the country they go... Um, they win a battle and then they take some of their women to be their concubines. Okay? Or some, they are slaves. They are sold as slaves and then they live in the family and then the men may take them as concubines. And okay, so a man might have concubinage, concubines simply as econ economical form of marriage um, and it adds prestige. So the culture is this. For a man to have multiple wives, or a primary wife and many concubines, the culture and the, and the society then was, it is prestigious for the man, okay? powerful or um, he's rich. And also, some of them at that point of time, um, when the primary wife, for example, cannot have children, all right? so they will take concubines, and through the concubine, they have, um, other children they have other children and most of the time these children will become legal legitimate children of the family okay now how does this happen now I'm not I'm not telling you this is right or wrong yet I'm just telling you this is what they do okay so it's important huh? so I hope you're thinking it's not oh okay this is what we're going to do it's okay this is what they did so a man would have multiple concubines and if they have children with him, they become legal part of the family. They can even inherit things in the family. Okay, so that is what this concubinage was like back then. And also, at that time, how does the wife feel? Mm. <laughs> Alright, it was so much a culture in society and children grow up with that. The primary wife were kind of like, no big deal. They may not like it, but they just accepted it. This is how Society is, this is how, when I get married, I fully expect that my husband may take concubines. Okay, so that's their thinking. 
because it's culture. It's culture. All right. So now, um, so polygamy, polygamy is the art of folding papers. <laughs> no, all right. That's origami. All right. Now polygamy means many wives. Polygamy, practice of having multiple wives. That's the meaning of poly, poly many. Gammy. I don't know what's gammy. Monogamous, right? It's about marriage. So having many wives, polygamy was a worldly custom. Even during the um, times where the children of Israel were living in Israel. So the societies around them live like that. Societies around them live like that. Actually, is this far removed? Maybe you're very young, you don't know. Um, even in my time when I was young, this is not very different from many Chinese families. Okay, many Chinese families, you will see their grandfather or their great-grandfather, they actually had um, wife number two, wife number three, wife number four, maybe outside, or they may even come and stay in the house. Okay, so it was a culture that just passed on. And the wife also just accepted. They don't like it, but they accept it. And they try and get along. All right? So even in our present time, it is not unheard of. So this is what the world does. The world does. Um, in fact, having many concubines is kind of like royalty. Yeah? Especially, so the royalty will have many, especially. So kings and royalties, they, it is expected to have many, many wives, many concubines. That is a sign of their power and their status. So that's culture. So now, the question is, does the Bible allow it? Okay, does the Bible allow it? And some argue that the Bible does. Okay, some argue that the Bible does. Now, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. So they say, oh, look, the Bible um, has occasions of concubines. Okay, now, let me read to you. If a man have two wives, in other words, one is a concubine, one beloved and another hated, and they have borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son be hers that was hated, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he hath, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hatred, which is indeed the firstborn. Okay, anyone understand that? Don't understand. It means this. Alright, so this wife number one. Alright, wife number two. Short ahead. Okay, <laughs> two wives. Now, so the man, this is the man, this is the man, okay, this is the man. Now, he has two wives, and then he loves, which wife you want? Long hair one. Long hair one, okay. So, alright, he loves this one, alright, he loves this one, because of her hair. <laughs> now, he loves her, and then he hates this one, doesn't like this one, okay, doesn't like. How to put hate? Swastika, I don't know. Right, he hates it. He hates him. Okay, he hates him. Now, it doesn't matter whether this is concubine or first or second. Okay? Now, if, if the one he loves, this one, okay, the one he hates, 
have firstborn, have baby, okay, wrapped up, okay, have baby, <laughs> right? Have baby first, firstborn, and then this one later on. So later on, all right, baby, okay. Now if he say now if the one that he hates has the firstborn during inheritance time. Remember, even then the culture they can inherit during inheritance time. This man is not allowed to make this one firstborn just because he loves her long hair. Okay? He loves her, cannot. You must still, if this is genuinely firstborn, the inheritance for firstborn must go to this one, even though he hates her. Okay? Now, so God, so God gave this instruction. So people say, you see, God allows it. When you read the Bible, you have to understand one thing. So does this mean God allows it? And God is supporting it? No, right? Then what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean then? God talk about all this. You see, oh, God approves. You see, God even gives instructions. So what does it mean? Uh, those who look down and will always ask you. <laughs> um, Shenrei. Uh, <laughs> um, is it like with the thing about divorce, it was because man did it, then God allowed it. God's plan was always for one man, one wife. Mm-hmm. And never to be. But then because of man's hardness of their heart, mm-hmm. divorced. But then this one is like, you're not supposed to do it, but if you go ahead and do it anyway, you probably want to do this. Okay. Alright, so, so Shenrei says, just like in the case of divorce, um, the, the people ask, so why did Moses allow us to divorce? Right? And then Christ say, because of the hardness of your heart. He said, God never wanted you all to divorce. But because of the hardness of your heart, you're wicked, you went ahead and sinned and did it anyway, then Moses have to make sure that in your sin, he gives you instruction not to sin even further. Understand that? Okay? So anywhere men sin by divorcing. So Moses makes sure that he will give them instruction. Now, if you commit this sin of divorce, how, should, how, how you should live. Okay, so just because God describes this thing in the Bible, it does not mean He sanctions it, He likes it, but He says you already committed this sin of having concubines. Alright, you don't commit further sin by treating the firstborn wrongly because it's additional sin. Okay, so you at least in this sin, the next step you do, don't continue in worse sin, do the right thing. Okay. Right? So this is not a support for it. This is just God because of the hardness of man's heart. They live like that, so God put some instructions um, to keep them from doing worse things. That is what it means. Okay? So this is what it means. Now, so now the question is, does the Bible allow it? Now, you remember that, what about the famous case? What's the famous case? Do you remember? Abraham, Sarah. Right, very good, Sarah. So, Remember Sarah said, oh, okay, God said, you will have a seed. And then your seed will be a blessing to the rest of the world, right? Then they waited, waited, waited. Where's the seed? Where's the baby? No baby. Waited, waited, waited. And then that is when Sarah said what? Okay, take my servant. Take my servant. And then both of you create a baby, and this baby will be mine. So then it's like that. So whoever is the concubine, they give birth. The first wife, the, the primary wife can say, this is my baby. Understand that? That is how it works. So she said that since 
This seed that God promised still haven't come. Let's take things into our own hand. Alright, Abraham, you take my, my servant and then both of you produce a baby. Now this baby will be my seed. And then from now on, we are going to have the seed. So she couldn't wait. She took things into her own hands. Now she just simply, so is this correct or not? God said, oh good, Abraham, good. Sarah, what a good idea. How come I didn't think of that? No, right? They simply, Sarah in her impatience, in her carnality, simply followed the rest of the world. Just because they did it, doesn't mean it was right. Understand that? Just because God recorded it, God recorded um, Judas went out and hung himself. So is that instruction for us to do that? So God record doesn't mean it's right. God stated what happened. What they did was not good. Okay, so Sarah, what did she do? She just looked around. This is the culture. Everybody does it. So even Sarah didn't bother. She said, let's, let's like the rest of the culture, have a concubine, have a baby, so that I have a baby. Okay? So now, they did it, but it does not mean that it is correct. Okay? Now, some people say in, in Moses' case, what about Moses' case? Okay, Numbers 21, Numbers 12, verse 1. Let's turn to Numbers 12, verse 1. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Okay, let's read Numbers 12, verse 1 together. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Okay, um, so you know what's an Ethiopian woman? Ethiopian woman will be dark skin, right? Dark skin. Okay, so he said, Oh, you, marry, you married an Ethiopian woman. So they were unhappy. You married someone else. Now, some say, Oh, you see, Moses himself took an additional wife. Um, can we conclude that Moses took an additional wife? Actually, we can't really because there was no mention of Moses' other wife. Um, so actually, most conclude that Moses' first wife um, likely passed away for whatever reason. And there was a mention of this Moses getting remarried, remarrying. Okay? Now, how would I be able to, how would you support the fact Okay, the fact is this, we'll cover after this. God is against polygamy. Full stop. You see in the New Testament, right? God is against polygamy. Now, that being the case, how would we know that Moses did not practice polygamy? Would you know? You look at the entire chapter 12. Always teach you use context, right? How would you know that Moses, it was unlikely that Moses was practicing polygamy, more likely that his wife died? Oh, it's a Bible. It's a Bible. Oh, it's hidden. Alright, look at the entire chapter 12. Why do you think that we would quite safely conclude that Moses was not practicing polygamy to the... Verse 7, okay, 
So my, my servant faith, Sir Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. So was God angry at Moses? In fact, what happened? They accused him of, well, if, if this was polygamy, they, if they accused him of polygamy, um, then, based on this accusation, God said, all of you come out. Come out, come out. I want to talk to you. All right? And did God say, yes, Moses is a bad boy? No, he said Moses is faithful. God defended Moses, right? God praised Moses. So, do you think God who is against, which, which commandment is against polygamy? Seven, right? So, the Ten Commandments was given by God just recently. Um, do you think that they would, Moses break the Ten Commandments, commandment number seven, and God would praise him? Unlikely. All right, so it would not be likely that Moses was practicing polygamy. Okay, all right. So all these verses, people used to support that. Oh, um, polygamy is fine um, in the Old Testament. For example, it's I don't think it's tenable. Okay. So now, now these are the examples that people would use. Now the question is this: um, So is God against polygamy in the Old Testament when so many people practice it? God is against, but people continue to sin. That's, that's it. You know, they did it. So God recorded their sin. That's it. Number one. Now, how do we know God is against polygamy? Ten Commandments. Commandment number seven is one. Okay. And um, the New Testament, is God against polygamy? <coughs> he is. Because the Lord Jesus spoke about it himself. Okay. And he say, okay, now this is the part I want to ask you. All right. Um, some, all right, the verse that says, If any man looketh upon a woman, uh, committeth adultery. You thought in his heart already, right? So, if, because he's talking about marriage, right? Now, if a single man, a single man, he's not married, all right? And his eyes look upon a woman and lust. Okay, look upon a woman and lust. Now, has he committed adultery? He's single, right? This only applies to married people. Only if married, because adultery is married. So only married people who lust after another woman is committing adultery. No, right? Did God, did Christ define? What do you think? No, no. So did Christ define if a married man? He just simply said, if a man looketh upon, he didn't even say another married woman. So these people are very twisted, you know. They write books and they think like that. Oh, if unless you are married and then you lust after another married woman, then you'll have committed adultery. If you're not married, if you're married and you lust after a single woman, no, that's not adultery. If you are a single man and you lust after another woman, married or not married, it is not adultery. They're twisting God's word to want to promote their own lifestyle. That's it. Alright, so Christ himself made it very clear. Um, adultery begins in the heart. Okay? So remember that. Alright, so let me see. Yeah. Um, okay, let's turn to how do you know that, that definitely God is against polygamy? Matthew chapter 19, verse 5. 
Matthew chapter 19 verse 5, what does it say? Let's read together, Matthew 19 verse 5. Okay, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and twain shall one flesh. Now, what is Christ, Christ quoting? Where is Christ quoting from? Genesis, right? Now, in Genesis, God said, now, marriage is you cleave to your own wife. Now, in Genesis, did God make um, Eve, uh, Wendy, and uh, Susan, and uh, whatever name, and then, and then they all became Adam's wife? No. When Christ, when Christ quoted marriage, he quoted the first marriage. And one was created for Adam, one man. One woman for that man, and they became one flesh. Okay, so Christ is very clear about um, one woman for one man. Okay, so what happens if your wife dies? Is it wrong to marry second wife? No, huh? Okay, it is in um, Corinthians. No, it is not. Because marriage, the only time the marriage bond is dissolved is when what? Till death do us part, right? When one dies, then that marriage bond is dissolved and the man can marry another. Okay? So that, that's the only occasion. Even for adultery, God does not want divorce. God always wants reconciliation. Always. And when there is divorce, it is God's permit. Because at that time, some of the men became very violent and they emotionally tortured the wives. And God did not want them to go through that. God permitted, not that God wanted. Okay? But God's instruction is always reconciliation. Always reconciliation. Okay? okay let's not talk about all that now. Now, what happens in the Bible is... Well, understand all this. Um, what they want to say now if a man and a woman get married the only reason why a man and a woman can divorce is death uh, can, can remarry is death and if a man and a woman they get divorced they get divorced in sin means God doesn't want it but they did it they got divorced both are Christians now if the man, well, I put the aim, huh? the aim is always reconciliation, right? The aim is always reconciliation, correct? God's aim. They always say, make peace. Now, but they got divorced, and then this man marries another wife. Okay? Marries another wife. Can this woman marry another man? If he marries another man, if he marries, can't tell. If he marries another man, has she committed adultery? Okay, case one. Case two. Uh, okay, so you say the guy married first. Now this man dies. This man dies. How to do such This man dies. And then this woman 
Can she marry another man? Okay, this is case number two. Okay, case number three. This man marries. I put it the other way. All right. This man, this woman marries another man. All right. Is it okay? Uh, this woman didn't marry another man. <laughs> this woman didn't marry another man, and is it wrong for this? I'm confused myself already. <laughs> All right, we go case by case. All right, in this case, this woman, this woman chose to marry another man, and this man is he free to marry? So how many say no? One, two, three, four, five, five, five say no. The rest I assume yes. Okay, so now listen. Uh, so if this woman went ahead and married another man, so is it adultery for this man to marry another woman after she got married? So you all say no, right? Why? You all say no. It is not adultery for this man. It is adultery. Okay. Now. Um, is there a possibility of reconciliation? There is, but this man has become, this woman has become another man's wife. Then when you reconcile, what happens? <laughs> you just marry another man's wife, although she was originally your wife. Right or not? Alright? So, by and large, alright, by and large, the marriage is annulled in two cases. One is the man die. Hmm? That you cannot reconcile unless you want to marry a dead person and carry him around. Right? So death and now. Right? But in this case, because reconciliation is not possible anymore, this person has married someone and she has become now someone else's wife. For you to reconcile, you end up marrying someone else's wife. That becomes a problem. Okay? So by and large, right? By and large, um, the church will not marry someone who wants to remarry his wife. That is in the Old Testament. You cannot remarry your wife if she is married to someone else. Okay? You cannot. So in that case, God, God allows you, frees you from that bond. Okay? So that's one case. The other case is when the person dies. Dies, bond is broken. Now, this is very clear. If the man did not marry another wife, and she goes ahead to marry someone else. She definitely commit adultery because as far as God is concerned, she and the man is actually has already been bonded together. The only time the bond is broken is when God takes away one, kills one, death. Yeah, as long as God didn't do it, as far as in God's eyes, you, you have made a covenant to be one. So if that person is still bonded, the solution is reconcile. If the person gets married, it becomes this case, the Old Testament says you cannot remarry your wife who is married. Okay? Clear as mud? Okay. But the man cannot uh, marry the woman. If her, if his original wife got married first, then because reconciliation is not possible, um, by and large, the, the, the allowance is he commits no adultery if he marries because there's no possibility of reconciliation anymore. 
Just like that, there's no possibility of reconciliation. Yeah. Yep. Yes. It's very good. That's exactly what God wants. God say, even if you have divorced, what God wants is reconciliation. Alright? What God wants is reconciliation. Always. Always. That is the first priority. You committed one sin, don't commit the second sin. So God wants them to be reconciled. Yeah, that is the aim. Okay? The aim is, is that. Right? Okay, so those are the um, uh, principles that are about marriage and divorce. Okay, so multiple wives. Now, very clearly, so people say, but David had multiple wives, so many wives. So many wives. Now, how many wives did Solomon have? Oh, that's your answer for next week, for the next round. You go find out. Now, these people, when they have many, many, many wives, okay, what is the reason? The reason is, especially for the kings, it is about expanding their alliances with other countries. So I go and marry your daughter of this country, and now you and I are in-laws. So when I'm in trouble, you come and help me. So they marry a lot is purely for alliances. They may not even see the wife after that. All right? It's all political. It's all political. Not that they want to have many, 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 many wives. Okay? So culturally, that was it. But it did not make it right for them to do that. Because one of the instructions to kings is what? They must not multiply horses. That too. <laughs> <laughs> they must not multiply. They must not have marry many wives. Okay? So God is very clear. What Solomon did, what David did, just because they did it and it was recorded, God was not pleased. Now, so you say, but never mind, I just marry a lot. Huh? You know? So was it sin for them to marry multiple wives? Yes. Does sin have consequences? Yes. Alright? Yes, they went ahead and did it. They followed the culture and then they built alliances and all that. But was, were their lives happy? No, when you read David's life, he had multiple wives. He had, his life was plagued with family problems. Endless. What happened? Incest occurred, right? Rape occurred. What happened? The children fought against each other and killed each other for the throne. Right? What happened? In the end, the child wanted to kill David for the throne. Total mess because of multiple wives. All right? They did it. Sin has its consequences. Alright, so remember. Now, why do I tell you all this? You are not married yet, obviously. One day, God willing, you might. Learn these principles when you're young. Resolve in your heart never to commit adultery. It will cause a lot of problems. Never um, um, marry a man or a woman who you cannot trust 100% in terms of godliness and obedience to God. Alright? Some people marry, oh, that guy is so good-looking. But he has a wandering eye. He's flirtatious. Avoid at all costs. Yeah, for guys also, um, the same. Alright, so all these principles. No, God is against polygamy in the Old Testament and New Testament. Full stop. Okay, full stop. Alright, so that answer your question. Ichung, you asked that question. 
<laughs> yeah, so answer your question. Any other questions about that? The one about concubine. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Concubine. It wasn't about remarriage. Uh, yeah, somehow we, we straight there. <laughs> Alright, so concubinage is the world practice it. The Christians in the Old Testament and New Testament, they practice it too, but it is not God's will. God is against it, very evidently in the Ten Commandments. Let me see what else. Deuteronomy 17.7 17, And then we close for this topic. Deuteronomy 17.17 17. Okay, can you please read together? Let's uh, read Deuteronomy 17, 17, reading. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself, silver and gold. Okay, so cannot multiply wives. Full stop. God did not want that. Although Solomon... Also, oh, next time is my question to you. How many wives did Solomon have? Huh? 700 700 QQ bytes 700 wives 300 QQ bytes Cucumbers 1000 You try and figure out If he just Go and say hi to one wife one day How, how often must he do that? They did not do it for any other reason Except political power Okay Political power so now, um, alright, so next question. Um, so that is very clear, hopefully. Hopefully very clear. Yes? Huh? About what horses? Um, oh, the king must not multiply wives. He must not multiply horses also. It means he cannot go and gather a lot of horses. And build, because the horses in those days represent the power of the army. Okay, so he said, no, I don't want you to have a lot of horses. Means I don't want you to have a lot of military power. Why? What do you think? Very good. Alright, they only needed God. They, if they multiply horses, they begin to put their faith in their military power, the horses, rather than to trust God. Okay, so that's why God said, don't have many horses. Okay. Not because God hates horses. <laughs> okay, so now, the next thing. Um, let me see anything else to cover. In fact, let me read to you. Uh, um, David for taking a concubine. Um, 2 Samuel, you just want to copy this, I'll read to you. 2 Samuel uh, for the scribe. 2 Samuel 12, 9-12. to Okay, 2 Samuel 12, 9-12. You know what God said to, said to David? 2 Samuel 12, 9-12, God say, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. He said, because of your polygamy, the sword will not depart from your house. Hmm? So God was not for polygamy. He said, because of that you will suffer. Your house will be full of strife. Okay? 
Yes. <clears throat> yes. Cannot already. Cannot already. I'll find you the Bible verse. I'll find you the Bible verse. It's in the Old Testament. Cannot already. That's why we always tell Christians. If you. That is that is God's desire, but what He's saying is. Um, what He's saying is this. Now. If they divorce, if they divorce, they divorce. Um, God's desire is they come back together. They come back together. So even they divorce, yes, God said, I want you to come back to the reconcile. Okay? But um, Douglas' question is this if she marries another man, hmm? And then she divorced the man. Divorced the man. Can they get back together? God says no. Yeah. No. Alright, that's why we always advise believers who have committed the foolishness of divorce, we always advise them to stay single. Stay single. Unless the other party dies. Alright, unless the other party dies. And then you're free to marry. Because God wants reconciliation. Work towards reconciliation. Okay? Yes. The woman who was divorced and married again, if that other man dies, would she be able to marry? If the man dies, I would think so. I will check if there is a Bible verse on that. <laughs> you know his question, right? Yeah, so because she married and then the person died and then she's freed from it, um, is it okay for him to marry her? I mean, drawing the principle, it should be right, but I want to confirm from scriptures. So for men, it's not, not okay to marry her because she already declared okay? <coughs> for men, it's not, not, it's not okay. Yeah, so, yeah, point is, if the woman remarried because she's already committed adultery and although the man dies, she is still an adulteress, is it okay to marry an adulteress? Yeah. So let me find out. Okay? Alright, so um, Sharon, can you help me copy down that question? Okay, so now these are important questions for us to understand. Then we don't do the wrong thing. So don't make the wrong choice. To the young people, don't make the wrong choice in life. Alright, choose according to God's will. Use the spreadsheet. Use your Excel spreadsheet. Okay, so now next question is this. Um, I just add a bit. Uh. When you're young, you will choose with your heart. And you, no matter how your heart tells you to, make sure you choose based on God's will. God's known will. Marry a woman who loves God, who will obey God at all costs, love God's word, will study God's word, love, marry a man who will love God's word, who will study God's word, who is a strong man that will lead you spiritually, not a worldly person. 
If the person does not love God's word, does not study God's word, hold back. Hold back until you tell him, I will marry you if you be such a man or be such a woman. If the person refuses year after year, then you know that is not going to be God's will. God won't want you to marry um, um, a person who, is, who doesn't love him. All right? So you must know. So you take your time and work towards those things. If the person refuses to, you won't be happy. One day, you will regret. Okay? You know why it's important to marry someone who loves God, God's word especially, and will obey God at all costs? So you test the person. If the woman or the guy will obey God at all costs, you know why it's so good? You only need one characteristic to form a marriage that will always be strong and always right. When the person says, as long as God in his word says so, no matter what, I don't like it, I will submit to it. That is where you will get unity in your family. You will always have peace. Because if I, for example, I refuse, 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 and if Sharon shows me, look, God's word say this, straight away, I must say, oh, okay. As much as I don't like it, I must submit myself to God's word. Vice versa, understand? So that trait of someone who will love God's word, who will study God's word, and will obey God's word at all costs, you, you are quite safe. Understand that? Alright? Yeah. What happens in like, the case of Hosea? Okay, so the case of Hosea, remember we did a prayer meeting. God told Hosea to marry Goma, and Goma was a um, adulterous woman, and she prostituted herself. Okay, um, so what's your question? Like she doesn't love God's word. So why did God ask? <laughs> now that is a very unique case. You see that only when God tells you to. And in the New Testament, God does not tell you to anymore. <laughs> God works by his precepts. Now in that case, it was a case where he asked the prophet to marry a adulterous, who he know will be an adulterous woman, because he was going to use that to teach the children of Israel publicly that they are so adulterous. They look at this, this woman, wow, so adulterous. And then this is the prophet. So, oh, so poor thing, this man, how can, he, how can this woman be so adulterous to this godly man? God will use that to teach them and say, look, you, you, laugh, at, you laugh at them and you despise them. You say, how can this happen? That is exactly you, Israel. That is how you are with me. I'm your husband. Alright? So that's a very unique case. Never again you see that. Alright? Okay, understand that. Because if you believe the concept, God today can tell me to do something unique, like in the Old Testament. You live very dangerously. What is commandment number nine? Six. Thou shalt not murder. Alright? Then they say, but God told me personally. In my case, God wants me to murder Rei. <laughs> because God told me. Just like Gomer. You know, God, this is a special case. Special. You get run through all sorts of problems. Understand that? In those days, God spoke literally. God said already, He do not choose to do that anymore. Today is simply we obey God's word. That's it. Okay, so no more such thing. Alright, so we have 15 minutes left to do one last question. Which one should I choose? Any other question? No? Um, okay, maybe I choose this one. Okay, so this person asked. You can guess who. 
Why are all the wisdom literature all bunched together in the middle of the Bible? Some say Job is the oldest book in the Bible, so why isn't it closer to the book of Genesis? Assuming chronological order. How did the 66 books of the Bible come to be ordered and arranged in the way as we know it today? You can guess who asked the question? Huh? Ichu. That's why I say I'm running out of questions from you all. Okay, so now. So the person asked, now the Bible, how many books? Wait. Uh, Sing Yuan. 66 books. How many Old Testament? 39. Alright. Then New Testament, 27. Now, you want to recite the books? No time. <laughs> Alright. So now, so the person asked, how does it get Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so on and so on and so on? The New Testament, how come like that? Then he said, like, it seems like some books are all bunched up, and then, but we know that by and large we believe Job, the book of Job, is the oldest book, means the first book to be written. Right? Where is Job after? Huh? Before Psalms. Alright, before Psalms. And it is, is it in the beginning or not? What is in the beginning? Genesis. But Job was written before Genesis. So why did God put Job somewhere in the middle instead of right in front of Genesis? Right? Okay, so this question. So why? Why do you think so? Okay, so now we cover this. Now, first of all, you have to understand one thing also. The Hebrew Bible. The Hebrew Bible, which is the New Testament. No, the Old Testament, right? Hebrew Bible is the Old Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Japanese. No, in, in Greek. Alright, so Hebrew, Old Testament, Greek, New Testament. Please remember that. Don't look at me blankly, alright? So now, the Hebrew Bible, what you have is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Now, you have to understand that after that, uh, we have the prophets and so on. In the original Hebrew Bible, it is not arranged like your English King James Bible. Okay? I didn't know that. <laughs> so first day in Hebrew class, turn to this book. <laughs> cannot find it. <laughs> you know, because the Hebrew Bible is arranged differently. So what we have in the English Bible is different. Um, now, the order of the Hebrew Bible is like that. First of all, is the Law of Moses. What is the Law of Moses? The Ten Commandments. When Christ said the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. When he said the law, remember Christ always say the law of the prophets, the what else? The the writings, katubim, the writings and the writings of prophets, and then the Psalms, right? Psalms. Okay. Now, based on this, Christ always say law of the prophets. When Christ said law of the prophets or the law of Moses, what books are he referring to? The first five books. It's called the Pentateuch. Alright? So, G-E-L-N-D. This is how I remember. Alright? The first five books. So, the law is arranged first. Then the prophets. So, we have the prophets. Um, maybe I'll send you these notes, alright? Instead of you copying. So, then we have the prophets. The prophets. is arranged next. So, you will actually have like um, um, George... Uh, former prophets, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, then later prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on and so on, and then the minor prophets. Then after that is the Psalms. 
Okay, this is how the Hebrew Bible is arranged. But is this how our New Testament is arranged? No, right? It's not. Now, that's why when Christ said the law, the um, writings or the prophets and the Psalms, Christ is simply saying, he's just quoting the Old Testament. This was how it was arranged. That's why the Hebrew Bible was arranged this way. Okay? Now, but then, when you really look at it, um, is it chronological? Also not. Is it chronological? No. Um, so, by and large, while we know Christ definitely referred to this way, um, it seems that it is arranged by this word. How do you pronounce this word? Genres. Right? Genres. It's arranged by genres. What is genres? By a group of similar um, classification. Right? Similar similar um, type, genre, okay? So that's why you have genres of music. Well, how the genres of music? There's classical music is one genre, pop music is one genre, rock and roll music is one genre. So now, it seems to be arranged by genres, right? The law is one genre, alright? The writings is another genre. The songs, songs and poems, another genre. Alright, so it seems to be arranged by genre rather than chronology. Okay, that is how it is. Now, uh, is the arrangement... Okay, so now that is one. Some say that, some say that, oh, it is following the Septuagint, following the Latin Vulgate, but it is not true because the Latin Vulgate is still different from our English Bible. I know you all look at me blankly. What's, what is... Maybe i ask you, then you'll come back and tell me. Go find out what is... What is the... Latin Vulgate. Alright, scribe, you send out this. What is the Latin Vulgate? And what is... Septuagint? G-I-N-T, right? Is it G-I-N-T? Septuagint? And what is LXX? Okay? All right, so you'll come back and tell me. Okay, you should know. You should, well, you should find the answer easily. So, so put that aside, put that aside. All right, so now we continue. Now, what about then the New Testament? Okay, so it's arranged more by genres than anything else. Um, so the same for New Testament. How are New Testament arranged? It is also not chronological. Okay, now how is New Testament arranged? Okay, you better know your books. What's, what's the first? first oh, so for what? Gospels. After the Gospels? Hmm? Prophets. <laughs> ah, very good. Acts. Acts of the Apostles. What else? Ah, very good. Epistles. What are epistles? Letters. Alright, epistles. Okay. Um, and then? The last one. Huh? Apocalypse. What's apocalypse? The end times or the end things. Alright, the end things. Okay, so now the New Testament, is it chronological? It's also not. Alright, it, it is by genres also. Now, Gospels, as we know, Gospels, Acts, the records, records, historical records, epistles, letters, right, letters. And then do you have 
one genre by itself, one by itself, which is Revelation. Okay, Revelation um, of the end time, of the end things, la last things. Right, so it seems to be by um, genres as well. Um, is this, is the arrangement of things, for example, in our King James Bible, is it inspired? The arrangement. Arrangements are not inspired. All right. The words are inspired. Are the men inspired? You know, we always say, oh, um, and sometimes I fall into that too. God inspired Paul to write this. Is it? And Paul was an inspired writer. Actually, it's not accurate. All right. What is inspired? The words. Why? Because the church keeps telling you that. Why? Quote a Bible verse. Read. Why is words inspired rather than the men inspired? Very good. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration. So inspiration refers to all scripture. Not all writers are inspired by God. It's all scripture. Scripture, the word scripture is right, graphe. What, what is graphe? What is graphe? Graph. Graphic. Writing. Write. Writing. Alright? So it's the writings that are inspired, not the writers. Okay? And writings are made up of words. That's why the words are inspired. Okay? So these are inspired, not the, not the arrangement. The arrangement, but God did, Christ himself did refer to the arrangement of law, prophets, and our law writings and um, the songs, the psalms. Okay, so now, actually, um, can you please, this morning's scripture reading was what? 87. Psalm 87, right? Let's turn to Psalm 87. Now, you must also understand this. Huh? Now, whose Bible has like description before the psalm? Alright, so Psalm Okay, look at Psalm 82. Um, can, uh, for example, maybe Hannah, Psalm 82 in your Bible, how does it start? Psalm 82? Okay, before that, any, any other things? Nothing? Yeah, just say Psalm 82. Okay, um, Psalm 87. Ray, what does your Bible say? After the word Psalm 87. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let me tell you what my Bible reads. Psalm 82, the first word is rebuke of Israel's urgent judges. Then it says a psalm of Asaph. My Psalm 87 starts off by saying, Glorious Zion, city of God. Then a psalm or song for the sons of Korah. Now, just now when you read the, the, the chairman, did the chairman read Psalm 87 by... Well, Psalm 87, is it today? Did he begin reading, His foundation is in the holy mountains? Or did he begin reading a psalm or song for the sons of Korah, his foundation? Which did he do? The second one, right? Okay, you know why? So you must know uh, when you read scriptures. Now, a psalm song for the sons of Korah, Psalm 87. 
You have, your Bible have that? Your Bible have that? Now that is inspired scripture. Inspired. How do you know it's inspired or not? Why? Mine says, Glorious Zion, City of God, a psalm or song for the sons of Korah. Why should I not read Glorious Zion, City of God? That's just a heading. But how do you know it's a heading in your Bible? This one from yours. You got cheated. You got cheated. Your Bible has less words than mine. Now, when, how do we know when it is added? Uh, Brenda, how do you know it's added? <laughs> no. So, like, okay, I give you a hint. Ah, okay. In italics, in italics, when it is in italics, you know it's italics, right? Italian. When it's written in slanting, alright? Italics, slanted, slanted. The King James Version used this to indicate to us that they added this. So some of the Bibles, the headings, you have to look. If it's italics, we don't read it. Understand? Then, um, so it begins with a psalm song. So that one is vertical. A psalm song is vertical. Alright, this is the indication from the translators. This is part of inspired scripture. Although it doesn't say verse 1 there. Okay, now, is the word psalm 87 inspired? But it's not in italics. <laughs> it's not in italics. Alright, divisions of men. Okay, so remember that all your divisions okay, are added on. Alright, so please notice that. So, okay, that's all we have for today. So remember, so you say, why is it like that? Because it's just how it's arranged in genres. That's all. Okay, is it inspired? No. Uh, maybe the Old Testament? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have like, oh, is it? Yeah. Then it's it's for two reasons. One, it could be because the original text that they use, um, but they would use Masoretic text as well. So likely because they never understood, they just thought, oh, all are heading, so they leave it up. Yeah. All right. That's why I want to inform you all, so you need to understand what is inspired scripture. So this. Just um, genres, arranged by genres. Alright, Ichung, does it answer your question? Okay. Um, so next, next round, you are supposed to come back and tell me what are these three things. Okay? Now let us pray.